You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. In 1 Corinthians 15 and 58, Paul deemed the saints beloved brethren. Beloved brethren are people that strive to put into action the new commandment that Jesus talked about in John 13 and 34, when he said to his disciples, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. But then he went on to say to them, as I have loved you. I want you to love, but I want you to love the way I have loved you. And again, he called it a new commandment. When it comes to some people, they often have a problem dealing with something new. Because they have become so attached to what is old. And, and there's nothing wrong with being attached to something old as long as it's right. There's nothing wrong with being attached to something old. If your Lord says to stay attached to it. But when Jesus says that I've got something new for you. You should be swift. To put aside. Was old or was wrong. And walking was new. I got a new rule for you. I got a new law. I've, I've got something new that I just don't want a couple of you to carry out. I, I want all of you to be responsible for. A new commandment I give unto you. And again, you have, you have some people that, that are so caught up on where they are that it's hard for them to let go of that place. Or if it's a thing, let go of that thing and grasp something fresh or new. 
And see, that's dangerous because when you do such, it says about you that you're stuck. And it's not good to get stuck, especially when you consider the history of Israel. Jesus was trying to give them something new. But they had got comfortable with the wilderness. I want to give you a land flowing with milk and honey. Well, this right here is all right with us. Because it's going to be challenging to get that milk and honey that you're talking about. Because we done seen the Jebusites. We done seen the Amorites. We done seen the trouble that's, that's over there. Yeah, it's some good stuff there, but it's going to take something. In order to possess what you want to give us, Lord. And we have to understand that when, whenever God does put something on the table, yes, it's going to require something from you. That's the reason Jesus point blank told his disciples to whom much is given, much is required. Don't ever think it's just a freebie. No, there is going to be a requirement. And often the requirement will involve sacrifice. And when it comes to sacrifice, sacrificing the main thing you want to know according to scripture is that in doing the sacrifice, you know that you are in the will of God. That's reading Paul said, present your body as a living sacrifice and be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you will be able to prove or know what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. When I sacrifice, I need to know that I'm not doing it just to be doing it, but I'm doing it according to the will of God. Because it calls something. God wanted his disciples to walk in a new commandment. But it was going to take sacrificing. It was going to take loosing something in order to fulfill it. The apostle Paul is a perfect example of folk that know how to let go of certain things in order to grasp what's ahead. In the book of Philippians, the third chapter and the 13th verse, Paul said to, to the brethren, he said, one thing I do Forgetting those things that are behind and reaching for unto those things that are ahead. Paul, Paul knew that he needed to just forget certain things. 
See, some of us have still not learned that lesson. That, that's the reason, e- even though it's 2018, you still talking about what happened in 2000. And, and, and believe it or not, if, if you don't let certain things go, you can hinder what God has for you in the present as well as the future. It is dependent upon us as saints of God to make sure we are not holding on to anything that can hinder our prosperity. That can hinder us from moving forward in God. Paul said, I have to let it go. I, I, I have to let it go and just look ahead. Even when it's calling me, telling me to look back. I'm not even going to look back. Because I understand based upon what Lot's wife did. That even looking back can be dangerous. I'm done with that. I'm not even going I'm not even going to take a glimpse. I'm not even going to peek to see what's going on. I'm done with that. God got something new. New means better and whatever God has for me, I want it. Saints used to say whatever God has for me is for me, but not necessarily. Not if you don't walk in what he told you to walk in. God will turn around and give somebody else what he had set aside for you. Some of us right now are riding in somebody else's blessing because they couldn't let go of the past. You in a house that some other saint was praying for because that child of God could not let go of something that he or she should have let go of. Paul said, I got to forget it. I got to move forward. I don't want anything to hinder what God has for me. I, I don't want anything to stop the good measure, the press down, the shaker together, and the running over. I don't want anything to stop God from doing what he showed me he was going to do. I don't want anything to stop God from doing what I saw one Friday night. I don't want anything. Say to your neighbor, God, and showed me some stuff. That he going to do for me. He done showed me some stuff. He got laid up for me. So I don't want anything or anybody to hinder me from receiving what God done ordained for me to have. Even when it comes to trials, you can't allow your trials to dictate to you your turnout. You got to know if God done told you something that God is a God of his word. The Bible says it better. If he said it, he'll do it. He'll bring it to pass. Don't allow anything or anybody to stop you from moving on in order for God to do for you what he done promised. And God know how to fix it. Who 
even when it looks like it can't be fixed, God will fix it. Even when it looks like it can't be done, God will do it. How can you say that? Because there's nothing impossible to God. There is nothing God can't do save faith. How many know God will ask you a question like, is there anything too hard for me? God know how to show up and show out. How many in here God ever showed up and showed out for you? Have he ever showed up when every door was closed? And then he showed up with the key and said, look, I, I got the key. I know they shut every door in your face, but I got the key right here. Paul said, I had to forget it. But he didn't stop there. Because in 1 Corinthians 13 and 11, this is what Paul said. He said, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things Paul said he did it we are free moral ages that, that, there are just certain things you, you just got to get fed up with and say I'm done with this Some of us, you ought to be old enough by now to quit cutting the food. You ought, you ought to be to the point to where you like, I'm through cutting the food. I'm finna do right now. Age ought to teach you something. 42, but still trying to act like you're 21. You need to straighten yourself out. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. See, see because when you're childish, it says about you, you're petty. You got tiny vision. You, you still trying to figure out how God going to do it instead of just taking him at his word. That's just childish. If he said it, he going to do it. He ain't got no reason to lie to you. He didn't tell you better is here and better is coming just to be telling you that. But you still trying to figure out how he going to do it. Just take him at his word and watch God work. God, you said you were going to heal me. I'm just going to take you at your word. God, I ain't even got a dime in my pocket. But you said if I bring you your tithes and your offering, you open up the window of heaven, pour me out a blessing. I wouldn't have room enough to receive. And everybody that know me will look at me and call me blessed. Lord, I'm just going to take you at your word. <laughs> 
It's time out for God's people that have been saved for years, still acting childish when it comes to the tithes, when it comes to doing this, that, and the other, and even folk in leadership all the way up to the office of a pastor act How you doing, Pastor? I ain't got no money. You ain't got no money? No, I ain't got no money. I don't know what I'm going to do. Come on, Pastor. You teaching all that financing? You teaching all that giving? And now you poor mouthing? Put away childish things. Ain't nobody asked me to do that. I don't know why they ain't asked me. I, I told them I, I'd be willing, but there ain't nobody said that. And I've been here 45 minutes waiting, but ain't nobody asked me yet. That's just childish. That's petty. you're childish you do foolish stuff act like God does not even exist for Psalm 14 and 1 says the fool has sat in his heart there is no God there is no omnipotent one no omniscient one. There is no sovereign one. It's not true that even the king's heart is in the palm of God's hand. And like the rivers of water, he can turn it any which way he desires. But when you're foolish, you don't believe that. You try to figure out what it means. You just don't take God at his word. You try to figure it out with your limited mind. Why? Because you're a child. How you doing, sister? Well, I just been really struggling. It's just, it's just real hard right now. Well, you know what the Bible say about a child of God that goes through hard stuff? Yeah, I know what the Bible say. Well, it don't seem like you know what the Bible say because if you really knew what the Bible say, you would be happy right now because the Bible say when you go through trials and tribulations, count it all joy. Woo! Think it not strange. But rejoice. But the reason you can quote the scripture but won't walk in the scripture is because you're still childish. I thought pastor was going to preach on love. I am preaching on love. In order to walk in the love that God desires you to walk in, you got to make up in your mind, child of God, that you are going to put away childish stuff. You are going to stop being foolish and petty when it comes to certain things. And so John 
knew that he needed to address some of the saints of Asia Minor about being childish. But, but, but seemingly based upon how he addressed them in 1 John 3 and 18, he knew that some of them were very sensitive. There's nothing wrong with, with, with being sensitive if you just got saved. But if you have been saved for a while, you should not still be sensitive. You should know by now that those whom God loves, He chastens. He rebukes. And if He does not chase, chasten you and rebuke you, you are not truly His child. You're illegitimate. He had sensitive folk. And, and, and I, I, I've said some things to, to folk that have been in church for years and they get so mad they leave the church. I'd be like, my gosh, she's been in church 20 years. I just told her she needed to do right and gave her the scripture. She still got mad and left. Said to a pastor, you need to quit pole-mouthing and start giving more. He got mad. But I was just telling the truth. If you pastoring for, you sure ought to be able to take some chastisement. If you are an elder of the church, the ones that folks call on when they need some help, you ought to be able to take some chastisement. Talking about you a prophetess. How you gonna be a prophetess and you mumbling and complaining all the time? That's childishness. And then when you have said God. Oh hush. You complain all the time and now you want us to hush and listen to you. No. Put away childish things. Walk like a prophetess and then we'll listen to you. And so, and so John was, John was sensitive, was, was being subtle. Easy initially by calling them, get this, hills, little children. Letting them know I'm finna talk to you like your daddy. And sometimes daddy have to pull out the belt even for the little children. (laughs) 
and, and notice what he says here. This is so powerful. Let's look at it again. He, he says here in 1 John 3 and 18, My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue. Understand what he means. He did not want them to just love when it came to just, just having a general conversation. See, because it, it, it's easy when, you, when you're having casual talk to be loving. How you doing? Oh, I'm good. I am too. Good to see you. Bye. What in the world she speaking to me for? She didn't even speak two weeks ago. But but see, it was a general conversation. So you could just say it and then talk about her after you. And don't try to act like you've never done that. Okay, let's just be real now. How, how many of you have ever spoke to somebody, but as soon as you got out of their presence, you start talking about the person. Cause, cause you, you, you have to really consider the verse. Because we do need to love when we talk to folk. Right? Because there's power in the tongue of words. But John was talking about them being childish when it came to their conversation. Being childish when it came to the way they used their tongue. Say one thing in folks' face, but then walk off and say something behind their back. That's just childish. Let us Not love in word or in tongue. But in deed and in truth. When you deal with folk or you're working with folk that's when you have to gird up your lawns and manifest love. Let us love in deed and truth. If I'm going to show love in deed, in reference to the church, I have to understand that, that, that God may put me in a ministry. And in working in that ministry, though I may be a professional, from an educational standpoint, even from a church standpoint, he may put you with somebody that's not on your level. 
He, he may even put, put you with somebody that, that in one sense is beneath you in reference to your standards. But the question is, how are you going to deal with that person? Are you going to deal with that person as a brother or sister or as just a human being? We're talking about the church. And see, the Bible says, do, do good to all men, but especially those of the household of faith. You got to love indeed. You, 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 you done told her three times how to do it, but she still ain't doing it right. Ain't no need in going to the pastor. Just show a little more love and patience. Why? Let us not love in word or tongue, but in deed. Indeed. In your doings. You see, she hadn't got it right yet. Keep working with her. Keep doing what it's going to take in order for her to do it. And if she can't do but so much of it, let her do that and you do the rest. And don't start complaining and talking about I had to do 90% of the work. Well, show some love, do that 90 and then thank her for doing the 10. Ain't no way we're going to be able to let her be on the praise team. She can't sing, period. What we going to do? You're going to have to show some love. Whether you keep her or whether you dismiss her. Why? It's God's church. And you have to show love in what you do. I mean, in everything you do, you have to show love. Even to that person. And I don't know if this ever happened, but, but it has happened to me. Even to that person that always gets on your nerve. Always. Never misses. Always. Guess what you're going to have to do? Love that person in what you do. In all that you do. Even when you want to go off, don't go off. Unless you go off in love. Well, I, I think I can do No, you got to be taught how to go off in love. I told her the truth, yeah, but, but, but the way you said it. 
It wasn't in love. Because I'm going to tell you something. If if you with your mean self drive folk from the church, the blood of that person is going to be required of you in the day of judgment. Why did you love her instead of turning up your nose talking about how awful she smelled? Everybody ain't going along with it. But say to your neighbor, it's still right. You got to show love in all that you do. In speaking, show love. Folk can tell when you're being phony. How many somebody ever spoke to you in, in the church, your brother or sister, and you knew it was phony? Hey, God bless. Oh, yeah, that, that's phony. It's got to be right. In my clothes. He said not only did he want them to love indeed, but then he said in truth. In truth. When I understand why John had to be sensitive because what I'm getting ready to say, I want to make sure it come out right. <laughs> see, 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 pastors, if, if, if I don't have the right word the true word that God has ordained for his people to have because I'm lazy. I'm not walking in love. See, 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 because if, if, if I'm going to show love in truth, according to John 17 and 17, The Bible says God's word is truth. And and so now I have to look at myself as a pastor and say, am I giving for what I want them to hear? Or is it the truth that God wants me to give them? Because if I'm going to love them, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to speak God's truth. And often if God gives me truth, it may not be what some folk want to hear. So I have to show love in truth. In truth. And see, because we're talking about the church, we're talking about how our labor should not be in vain. It has to be with what I do 
in the house of God. And if I am a pastor, that means everything that I give the sheep, it has to be in love. And if it's in love, it's going to be based upon the truth. Not only is it going to be based upon the truth, it's going to be so clear in reference to giving them knowledge and understanding that even if it's a wayfaring fool in the church, he or she will still understand what's coming forth. But if all I have is a hoop, a holler, and a moan, I don't love the sheep. But then let me take it a little further. If, if, if the pastor knows that he has to make sure that that truth gets to the congregation, that means he needs the ministers that are going to be emceeing and praying, operating in truth. Does not need them going out operating in something other than truth. Because if they operate in something other than truth, it can completely change the tone of the service. Well, the pastor is listening, making sure that the tone is being set based upon what's being happening. But wait, 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 wait. Because minister so and so is praying a prayer that has nothing to do with the service, has nothing to do with what God has, has been teaching and preaching through the shepherd, is praying something as if to impress somebody that may be in the church or to impress whoever in the church. So in the capacity that minister so-and-so is operating, she or he is not showing love. This may be too heavy for some of y'all. But I, but, but, but it's, but it's a hard thing when God has given a pastor a true word and an MC messes up the service. Or the prayer messes up the service. It's a sad thing when you have a good praise team, but they're singing the wrong songs. Based upon the tone of the service. It's a sad thing. Seems like it ain't no love flowing. Because if love were flowing, everybody would be on the same page. My little children. Don't love in word or tongue, but in deed and truth. Make sure you're operating in truth. This is the program for the night. This is the purpose 
according to the purpose, according to what is laid out, is how we want the service to flow. Shakata. God done gave me something. Now, shakata, when you get home, follow the program. And then you can shimmy, 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 or show me, show me, show me. But at the church, stick to the program. In order to have love the way we need to have love, we've got to have the same spirit. We've got to sense the same thing. And the only way it's going to happen is for us to have common ground. And common ground when it comes to the church is the truth of the written and revealed word of God. Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.